This Friday, I spent most of the day at the school, St. Catherine's Primary School, and I was talking to them about Lent, uh, so I thought I'd share with you this morning what I shared with them. So I was talking to them about what it means to give things up for Lent. And I said to them, if you said, for Lent, I'm going to give up hitting my little sister. Now, if you've given that up for Lent, does that mean on Easter Sunday, when Lent's over, and you've no longer given up hitting your little sister for Lent? Um, You can see where I'm going with this, yes? Um, Now, they all agreed, very obviously, that it wouldn't then be right to hit your little sister. And I make this point to you because often, as grown-ups too, there can be this notion that Um, You know, people say they'll give something up, which is actually something they shouldn't be doing anyway. And that's not the kind of giving up that we do in Lent. That it's not just about stopping a sin. That might be, say, a New Year's resolution to not swear. Now, in Lent, we're giving things up that actually in themselves are good. So why do we do that? Well, giving things up is a form of fasting. And I suppose that then raises the question, well, why do we fast? Well, the first and most important answer to that question is, we as Christians should fast because Jesus did. That we want to fast to be in union with Jesus. And in particular, in this season, to be in union with him as he fasted and prayed for 40 days in the desert. And if we, as Christians, if we look at the life of the Lord Jesus, we see that there were some times that he feasted and some times that he fasted. And we, as disciples of his, modelling our lives on his, likewise needs, as we have in the cycle of the church's year, times when we feast, but also times like this when we fast. And our 40 days of Lent It's 40 days of being united to Jesus in his time in the desert of fasting. 40 days of giving something up. But maybe if we think about that more generally and think about what fasting is in general. Well, when we fast, we take something that is good in itself, namely food, and we don't eat it. And we don't do that because food is bad. It's not like not hitting your little sister. No, the problem isn't with the food. Food is good. Food is given to us by Almighty God as one of the good things of creation. But there is a problem in me and how I relate to that food and how I relate to so many things in life that I can be attached to things, focused on things, obsessed with things in a way that simply isn't right. And that prevents me loving people. Now I gave this example with the school children. I said, if I was stuffing my face with chocolate, looking at nothing but my iPad, would I see the people around me? Well, no. 
And if there was someone around me who was in need of my help, I wouldn't be able to see it because I was so focused on me and my chocolate and my iPad. So what fasting does is it frees me from that self-absorption to be able to look out and love others. That fasting as a repeated action, it changes me, it trains me in self-control, in self-discipline. And those are things I need all the time in my relationships with other people. So, we fast to be in union with Jesus in the desert who fasted, and we fast to grow in inner freedom that we might be better able to love others. Now, there are many other reasons we fast as well I could give you, but I'm going to give you just one more today that I shared with the children. And that's the way that fasting, giving something up, can be a sign of our sorrow for our sins, something we offer to God as a sign of our sorrow for our sins. Now, with the children, I pointed them to a crucifix, and we don't have a, a crucifix visible here. So if you close your eyes for a minute and think about Jesus on the cross, and ask yourself, what, what was it that hurt him the most? Well, the point is, it wasn't something physical. What hurt him the most was our rejection of him, our rejection of his love. That this wounded his heart, this wounded his love. And we should want to put that right. We should want to heal that wound we've created. So I gave this example to the children. That if you've got a friend and you've upset your friend, you've hurt your friend, and you then want to, want to put it right, well, what might you do? Well, you might say you're sorry, but you might also want to show them you're sorry by giving them something, offering them some sign of sorrow. And if you and your friend both know that you really like dairy milk chocolate and you took your bar of dairy milk chocolate and you gave it to your friend, then that would be a very powerful sign to your friend of your sorrow. And it would heal the wound that your action had damaged between you. And so this is also another very powerful, important thing that we do when we offer things up to the Lord in Lent. So let me bring this to a conclusion. There are in Lent three things we're called upon to do. To pray, to fast, and to give alms. These are the three things, the three remedies for sin they're called, that we hear them again and again in our Lenten prayers. To pray, to fast, to give alms. So, as a congregation, um, we'll have one of our Lenten collections today, giving alms, uh, another in a few weeks, by which we as a community are giving. 
We should also um, look for some form of prayer to add to our routine in this season. And it's not this prayer, fasting and almsgiving, it's not that we should do one or the other, but we need a bit of each of these in our lives to take on the spirit of Lent. As I've said before, it's not, you know, Jesus said that we must love God and love our neighbour. So if you said, oh, well, I'll, I'll love God, but not the neighbour bit, um, well, you'd miss the package. And the same way, prayer, fasting and almsgiving are things that go together. So giving in this season, some extra form of prayer in this season. So you might attend an extra weekday mass during this season. Or you might come on Friday evenings to our Stations of the Cross and follow our Lord in devotion along the 14 ways of, of that journey. Or you might even do something as, as small as add an extra Hail Mary to your routine during this season. So, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. The remedies, the tools of this holy season, this holy 40 days. To spend a bit extra time in prayer, to be giving more, and in our giving things up for Lent, to be in union with Jesus in the desert, to free ourselves from attachments that we might be freer to love others, and that we might, in what we offer to him, offer reparation for the wounds that our sins have caused.